this episode of The Interface, I speak with Avi Waldman, General Manager of Amphenol Telad in Israel. Avi has been with Amphenol since early 2015, after time running businesses in other industries. We talk about the unique aspects of Telad's business, which consists of selling Amphenol parts into Israel, as well as designing and building custom connectors, cables, and power cabinets and enclosures for the Israeli market. We talk about his time in the Israeli army and why it was the best university for him. We talk about being a do-it-yourself guy at home and enjoying travel with family and friends. And we talk about his Desert Island album, book, and movie selections. This is The Interface. Thank you very much for doing this, Javi. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a little bit further ahead of the day <laughs> than I am here in New York. So as the general manager of Amphenol Telad Israel, tell me a little bit about your business and what you do and what uh, Telad specializes in. Well, uh, Telad, in fact, uh, was established 35, exactly 35 years ago, as a, of course, as a privately owned company. I think that from, I was not there from day one, but uh, I know Telad for many years uh, as a customer in my previous positions. In fact, uh, Telad was working with Amphenol for many years as a rep, as a distributor, and so on. But in parallel, Telad uh, developed our own solutions, mainly in terms of uh, cables and harnesses and what we call power and control cabinets. Um, and the end of 2012, what is it, almost, uh, almost nine years ago, uh, Amphenol acquired Telad, most of Telad's operation, I mean, the, the core of the LAD operations. And um, since then, uh, we are uh, part of Amphenol. I joined six and a half years ago, replacing the founder who sold the company to, uh, to Amphenol. So our main business are in fact, uh, we have three major uh, segments. One, we still represent Amphenol in, in mm -hmm. many cases. We sell Amphenol components, different Amphenol components into the Israeli market. Uh, but the major, uh, the major part of the business are, uh, in fact, the two segments, the two solutions which we provide. One is everything around cables and harnesses, from very, you know, simple molded cables, all the way. And our, in fact, expertise are in the in the more complex uh, harnesses, many robotic harnesses, and uh, you know, all this all this type of uh, special. Uh, special special harnesses, special cables, special interconnect solution, I would say, for special application. In many cases, uh, we design uh, also the raw materials, the cables from different suppliers. Of course, we buy a lot from Amphenol whenever it's you know possible. I mean, we first start with Amphenol. But we also, uh, in many cases, design, uh, you know, different connectors and different uh, interconnect solution for custom design for the customer. I mean, this is big part of the uh, big part of the activity the other part is uh, we design and build power and control cabinets mm. and which are used in uh, many what 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 we call capital equipment applications uh, medical like you know the big mri machines uh, in many industrials uh, like digital printing 3d printers uh, semiconductor equipment so um, yeah what we do is we design and build different uh, different power cabinets, power and control cabinets. So it's very varied there then. I mean, you're talking about the original 
reselling into Israel business, uh, which was the foundation of what Telad has done. Then you get into more of the cable and connector design and manufacturing, and now even stepping stepping it to another level where you're talking about building complete enclosures. I, how different is it to to manage those three very unique types of uh, business units within your business? So uh, yeah, that, that's a great question because it's it's quite a challenge. Uh, but first, I would say that uh, I don't know how I don't know if to say fortunately or unfortunately. It probably unfortunately the, the the level of business that we do and the, the volume of business in selling components is the is, is the small part of the business. Mm-hmm. So do maintain even a, you know a, a in 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 house organization I would call it that are doing it. And we have also to remember that uh, you know Israel is known as a startup nation, and um, we are approached. We have many customers. <laughs> Some will one will say too many, but uh, we have you know all these. Uh, small companies which are approaching us for uh, for solution or questions or that data sheets and so on uh, but we love it we love it because it's part of the culture and we love it because in some of the cases not many but uh, you know it's enough that we have few are they are growing to be the big the big customers of, of the future so for those we are selling um, uh, you know Amphenol solution and also our solution, so we, we managed to find a kind of a internal uh, processes which help us to support both, you know, these small companies and, and also, you know, our big and strategic customers. Yes, and it's different. And um, I mean, if we if I look at the two major businesses, which are the, you know, the interconnect cables, harnesses and the power cabinets, in many aspects they are different. And uh, that's why we, um, that's why we developed also different expertise. So we have part of our engineering guys and we have quite a big engineering department. Uh, our experts in cables and harnesses and all this interconnect solution and other others are experts in, you know, what we call uh, uh, this uh, combined uh, knowledge because when you design and when you build a power cabinets, you have to know, you have to have knowledge with, you know, mechanics, uh, power dissipation, heat dissipation, uh, Wiring as well, you know, part of the part of the cabinets are wiring, so there are common technologies as well. But certainly, certainly a challenge. It's a good challenge because you know one business brings the other, so it helps us to to provide the customer kind of a, a full solution. How much do you get to collaborate with other Amphenol divisions around the world that do similar types of product development and manufacturing? So I would say that here's in, what I found. What, in cables and harnesses, what everything around interconnect, uh, we do collaborate. We, we buy a lot from Amphenol, a lot from all different Amphenol, uh, you know, con- mainly connectors. So big collaboration. And that's that's part of the business. That, that's part of probably the reason why Amphenol uh, decided to acquire uh, to acquire Telad. I mean, we bring a value and we buy from Amphenol, so it's a kind of help to grow the business. On, on the cabinet size, uh, I don't think there are many companies that are uh, that building and, and designing and building such big. I mean, when I'm talking about power cabinets, I'm talking about sometimes huge cabinets. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, when I, just one thing that I missed before, uh, Telad Amphenol Telad is is known as high mix, low volume, or high mix, medium volume. We are not in the mass production, 
So we can, mainly in cabinets, we can do few per quarters, tens per quarters. I mean, 100 per quarter is, is uh, I mean, it's, it's not so common. So that's, that's part of the expertise, the high mix and low volume. I mean, bring, bringing um, a minimum cost of ownership of best price and value to the customers, mainly best value to the customer in high mix, low volume, and doing it in two, uh, we have two facilities, we have two plants. We have one in Israel and we have one in China reporting to, reporting to, 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 reporting to me. This is quite a big competitive advantage that we have because mainly when customers are talking about China, it's mainly the mass production, give or take big quantities, you know. Uh, uh, but we can do it and we do most of the production in, still in China uh, in high mix, low volume. So it's, it, it's quite an advantage for us. How did you find Telad? I mean, you said you worked or you, they were a customer of yours or you are at least aware of them. How did the transition for you to get to Telad occur? Oh, this is a very, very interesting story. Good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting, interesting story because, you know, that's, uh, I, I know Telad, as I, as, I, as I mentioned, I know Telad many years. I mean, many years ago, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm in the Israeli industry for 25 years, in what is called the Israeli high-tech industry. I was working for, uh, I, was, I was the CEO of Eastman Kodak in Israel, not the digital photography part of Eastman Kodak, but the commercial the industrial part, they acquired a Canadian company that a few years before acquired an Israeli company, big Israeli company. And uh, I'm in this market for many years. And being in this market, Telad was one of my major suppliers for cables and uh, you know uh, interconnect solutions. So I, I knew Telad for many years and I knew the owner of Telad, Shlomi, Shlomi Schultz for many years. And um, one day I was in a restaurant in, in Tel Aviv, uh, having a lunch, and this was a, this was a business lunch to discuss uh, the way we sell my previous company. It was not my company, but the company I was working for in a, in a business lunch to uh, which was kind of start of a process of selling the previous company to another to another owner, mm-hmm. which in fact was uh, for me the end of the, the end of the way, and uh, on that company. So when during this lunch, I met Shlomi, and uh, he told me, I need to talk to you. I mean, call me when you have time. So I called him, and we set a meeting, and then he told me, I knew that he, was, that he sold the company to Amphenol two years before, and he told me, you know, I sold it two years before, and uh, two, years, uh, two years ago, and uh, now I am, uh, uh, I'm going to retire. Not, not exactly retire, but... Uh, uh, and uh, I have a mission from uh, from Amphenol to find uh, my successor. Are you interested? Uh, fast forward, three months later, I was uh, the general manager of Amphenol Telat. How much did you know about Amphenol before that? Really, not so much. I mean, I know as I knew, I knew that Amphenol is uh, one of the biggest companies in, in connectors and interconnect. I was a customer, not mm-hmm. a direct customer, but I was a customer of Amphenol. But very fast because immediately I googled Damphenol and uh, I knew more than I knew before. So uh, I would I would say that I knew about Amphenol more than the average person before I joined. And um, of course, that uh, very uh, very short time after I knew much more. And I was uh, I mainly found good surprises. You know, when you join a new company, you have always the surprises, the bad surprises, and the good surprises. Hmm. Fortunately, most of my surprises 
about Telad, which is a great company, and of course about Amphenol was very positive uh, uh, surprises, and uh, I really, I really, I really like it. Looking through your your LinkedIn profile and seeing all the various roles that you've had over the years, um, working for Masonite Israel, uh, flying cargo logistics. You talked about Kodak earlier. Very varied. I mean, these products, the end products for all of these companies are are radically different from one another. But you've all, yeah. you know, and then you have Telad on top of it, which is even, you know, more unique than than those other ones uh, previously. It's all a very different end topic, but you're into management and running these divisions. I know everything is different at the end, but how much of it is the same for what you've done throughout these different roles over your career? It's, it is different, but also it's not so different because right. of two major reasons. First of all, I, I mean, the, the base is the, uh, uh, my base. I'm an electronic engineer and I hold a you know, degree and BST and degree and MBA from the Tel Aviv University. And uh, I was in what is called the traditional high-tech industry for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, I was in, I, I did many roles. I mean, purchasing operation, VP operation, uh, and, and, and GM and CEO. That's, that's how, that's how I grew in, in this business. So I know about the technology. Um, I am, ex- I am experienced in the technology. I did it also in the army, but I cannot talk about it. And you understand why. <laughs> and, uh, I was, I was, I did technology. I was involved in technology in the army and, and then I did, uh, operation and I did uh, senior management. After 20 years or around 20 years in the industry, I was asked to manage a logistic company, but this logist- big logistic company was mainly dealing with high-tech companies in Israel. So this was the same environment. Uh, Mazonite was uh, to, to an uh, American company which had a company in Israel. They did doors. It's a different technology. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's a different. It's a different. It's a different. I did it only of this. I came only for one year uh, to do this project of saving the company and selling it, further selling it. I mentioned it before, and we succeeded to do a great job there together with the team. And I knew it's temporary. I knew, and you know, my my core is technology, is uh, senior management, operation, and that's exactly why I uh, I like and probably Alphenol hired me to the job because this is a technology company with a lot of, uh, you know, kind of uh, very complicated operation as you can understand from the type of products we do. And uh, so that's the core. And I'm, that's what I, that's what I, that's what I'm doing. That's what I love to do. When you were young growing up in Israel, and then you said going to university as well, you got into engineering. Was that something that was in you from a young child, a young boy growing up there, or did you develop over time or meet some mentors uh, as you got later in school? How did that How did that develop for you? In that case, it's a, it's that it's the typical story. You know, when I was young, I was fixing things, building things, yeah. and uh, until today, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I don't have so much time as I had uh, forty years ago or thirty years ago, but. Uh, but uh, that that was a hobby, and uh, you know, it's hardly to find a technician in my house. I in most in most of the cases I repair everything by myself. I like it when I have time. So I grew to this from this hobby to you know to engineering and what I did in the army. So it's quite a you know a traditional path we can call it. 
what is, and I know this is more common for citizens of Israel to be a part of the, the military. What did that do for you, though, personally, being a part of that? And what did you learn and grow from that? Because myself also being in the U.S. military, uh, I learned a lot and grew tremendously as as a person and and just how you see the world. What did it do for you? Well, the Army did a lot to, for me and also for everybody. I mean, so you are 18 years old. Yeah. And and very fast you become responsible for very big and important, really important things. I would say, and uh, I don't know if you will, if you will add it to the uh, <laughs> to the conversation, more important than business. Okay. Right. And you find yourself in very young, uh, with a lot of responsibility, which immediately gives you. I mean, of course, you have to have the the knowledge, the capabilities, and so on. But the fact that they give you such a lot of responsibility while you are so young and they count on you and they, uh, and the good ones are moving very fast, you know, and, and, uh, because you need, you don't have time. You have to bring results. It's not a matter of less profit or more profit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so immediately, immediately, uh, the army kind of, uh, find who are the really good ones and, and give them more and more and more responsibility. So I think that's that's the way uh, most, and you know, my three children were in, I mean, were in the army. My younger daughter is still in the army. She's an officer in the army. Uh, and I see it also, I see it also with them as it exactly happened happened with me. They are more, they are more responsible. Uh, they know uh, very fast to uh, to choose between what is important and what is less important, uh, very fast decision making. It, it make you, you have to you have to take decision very fast, and uh, I think that what uh, uh, that that uh, that's kind of a very big uh, or very important tools we are getting in the army. That uh, you know, people would say you you lose three three years sometimes more sometimes I mean boys are going to the army in Israel for, for three years and girls for two years. But uh, I think this, this is, I, and I did, I spent some time in universities, as, as I told, as I mentioned before, but this was the best university, the army. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was, I was in the army for almost five years. I stayed two more years as a, you know, with a full salary. And this was the best university for me, really. It sounds like it, if you, to sum it all up, it gives you a tremendous amount of confidence to move into the world and do almost anything you can think of, right? I mean, would that would you agree yes, with that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you um, you appeal and you compete on 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 uh, roles and responsibilities uh, while you are relatively younger, with a lot of uh, confidence that you are able to do it. Once you got out of the army, then what was the process to get into? You know, just more of the regular working world for you. What was that like? So I first went to study, and during my studies, of course, I worked student jobs. And immediately after, you know, as I mentioned before, Israeli, I mean, relatively uh, to the size of the, the country and you know the population, we had many high-tech uh, companies and you know technology companies. And uh, even before I uh, graduated, I, I started to work. In one of the in one of the biggest companies, and uh, that's why I, that's how I started my career. I mean, it's kind of boring, but that's you know the <laughs> the the normal path. I would I would uh, you know 
I would mention now that the that there is a big difference than how it was, let's say, 30 years ago. Uh, now most of the most of the young people, it's it's very common and very well known. Most of the young people who are uh, who, who are you know uh, finish their army service, they take their uh, backpack and they go mm. around the world for, uh, for four months, six months, eight months, sometimes a year. And then they start the real life. So my two uh, elder boys did it. They were uh, in, in, in South America, not together, I mean, which, uh, uh, for uh, more than six months. And then they came back and start studying. That's that's the way. That's the way it's it, it's, uh, it's done now nowadays. Not with the COVID, of course. I am from the old world, let's say. <laughs> so I was, you know, army study and then started to work. What do you think that your two sons got out of doing that well, once they went and, and traveled and you know did their six months outside of Israel in South America? I'm sure it was radically different. What do you think they got out of that? That's an amazing, amazing experience. You know, as a parent, I was very worried. Sure. When, when my elder son went there, there was not so much... You know, I, he had a cell phone, but it was very expensive, and we were talking only once a once a, once a week or something like that. The other son, it was uh, four years later. I gave him already a satellite uh, communication that you know that he, if he has if he is in some kind of trouble, he can push a button, and there is a lot of uh, you know processes around it. But everything was okay. But besides that, I think it's it's an amazing experience because they see other cultures, they see other people, they meet people from all around the world. So I would say that it's even a kind of comp, a kind of a, you know continue the experience that they got from the army. That's another angle to look at it, to know people, to know cultures, uh, different cultures. You know, I wish I would be able to do it. By the way, uh, I have friends who did it in in, in, the, in my age or even older. All right. Yeah, you know. So maybe one day I will do it as well. Oh, interesting. We'll come back to that. When you're not working, uh, you have the three kids. I'm sure they're. Uh, I'm assuming they're probably not at home anymore. But um, what do you like to do in your free time when you're not uh, running Amphenol Telad? I have to say, you know, for the record, that I don't have so much time because I'm very busy. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's you know, uh, but. I'm trying to maintain uh, some of my old hobbies. One of them is uh, I'm going, I have a Jeep and uh, we go to the deserts with friends. I used to do it every quarter. Uh, now I'm doing it maybe once or twice a year. By the way, tomorrow uh, I'm, I'm taking a day off and doing it. One night in the desert with yeah. friends from 30 or 35 years. So uh, that's, that's a nice, you know, you, you, are, you are disconnected from everything. Not really, because uh, I'm taking my cellular phone because of this, you know everything which is going on. But still, still you you wake up in the desert. We, we sleep in the middle of nowhere, you know, and we we we, we cook our dinner and you know we, we sit together and uh, we go around to see the nice and you know challenges with the jeep. And so it's it's nice. It's it's one of the obvious. Besides that, you know, uh, nothing nothing special, you know. I. Uh, I used to read a lot of books, mainly while I, while I was traveling. So in the last two years, uh, I was not so traveling so much. So uh, I like very much reading books. 
So basically, that's it. And we are trying once a year, you know, I have all elder, I mean, the children are, the two boys are not, are not living with us anymore, but once a year, we are trying to go together, the entire family, somewhere, somewhere else in the world. So uh, we were lucky enough, and hopefully we returned that two weeks ago, we were in the States, in the middle of the COVID. Hmm. Uh, nice, nice, nice 10 days of being together and seeing great, great things, uh, great places. So that's, you can call it another hobby, but uh, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great opportunity, opportunity to be together with the family. Absolutely. So if I said to you, okay, you now have a chance, or I'm going to take you away, right? You, you get your six months and you get to go to, uh, you, you're going to the desert soon. You go to a desert island by yourself. So no one could bug you, no satellite phone or anything like that. So you get to relax and, and just chill out. But I give you a choice of you can bring with you one album, one book, and one movie because you have some time just to relax. So if you had an album or a musical artist, who would you bring? Queen. Which one? Queen. Oh, Queen. Okay. Yeah. Queen. Freddie Mercury. Love Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Queen was my favorite. I grew with Queen together. Is there a particular album or song that you like more than any other? few but i think love of my life and uh, bohemian rhapsody i think these are the two which i like excellent that's awesome how about a book what book would you bring with you well that's a that's a good question because you know i can tell you a lot i can tell you a few books but they're all hebrew books by israeli uh, because i like very much israeli uh, it's your story it's your selection so whatever you want there is is a very an amazing one of the best israeli uh, uh how do you call it? Authors? Yeah. Uh, called Eshkol Nevo. And uh, he has a series of books, which I read them all, even more than once. So I would take uh, I would take one of his books. If you allow me, I will take a few, but uh, I like <laughs> him very much. And then how about movie? Movie? Um, the Deer Hunter. Wow. I did not see that one coming. Why The Deer Hunter? You know, I was, I was young when I saw this movie. Yeah. And it meant... I mean, that's, you know, it's always the, the, the first impression when you get, you know, I saw many good movies since then. But for me, uh, The Deer Hunter is a cult, uh, personally for me. I mean, I can, I, can, I can name you more other, I mean, other movies which I like very much, like Forrest Gump, right. which are cult movies. But for me, I think the first, maybe the first impression has grown up to see a serious movie with, with, you know, which deals with very heavy, deals in a very special way with a very heavy issue yeah. was The Deer Hunter. And, and, and that's, uh, that's, my, that's my movie. Yeah, it's a very deep movie, but, you know, has uh, connections to the army, albeit the U.S. Army. But you have friendships, long-term friendships, love, exactly. loss, everything. Yeah, it's a phenomenal right. movie. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, though. You, you surprised me with that one, but in a good way. I, I enjoy that. So, well, listen, Avi, I appreciate you taking the time today to to join us here on the podcast. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. I also enjoyed it very much. And thank you for doing it because it's, it's very interesting to listen to, listen to that. Thank you. Thank you.